Good morning, good morning. Everybody here in our physical location, everybody that's watching as part of our online community on YouTube today, we're so, so grateful. And on behalf of my family, on behalf of our, our entire church family, Happy New Year, Happy 2023. So far, so good? Okay, okay, let's go. That's a good start. Well, I, I love it so, so much because uh, some of you have already texted me and I'm just going to address the elephant in the room. My mom has already said, hey, if we sneak out, just know we got a flight to catch today. We're going to Florida. So if you see us sneaking out at noon, I don't know how long she thinks I'm going to preach, yo. <laughs> Dawson already texted me. He's like, hey, there's a football game on at noon. I was like, calm down. I don't preach that long. Like, I was here Christmas Eve, yo. It went way too long. There were kids throwing pillows all over the place, <laughs> dropping candles on the floor. We almost set the place on fire, yo. That's the Holy Spirit, yo. But today, I hope you're having a great, a great new year, a great start. I don't know about you, but I love the, the week between Christmas and New Year because for our family, it's, it's just a little chill. It's a little bit quiet. It's a little bit relaxing where we can just kind of rest. And I don't know what your week looked like. Uh, but in our family, uh, we, we watched a lot of basketball. In our, in our hometown in, in Pekin, there's a holiday tournament. Shout out to my boy, Jamo. I see you over there, bro. I love you, man. Uh, and we always come together on that. My daughter and I went to a lot of games over the last few days. And it was interesting because when you go to the holiday tournament in Pekin, it's almost like a family reunion. Because you see people that you want to see, and then you also see people you don't really want to see, yo. But it was interesting because coming right out of, out of Christmas, you know, you just strike up conversations. Hey, how was Christmas? And it, it seemed like nine times out of ten, people would say, it was good, but. And they would say, man, I'm sitting here right now, and I'm so exhausted. They would say things, it was good, but I'm relieved that it was over. It was good, but I'll tell you, the days and the weeks leading up to it was so stressful. See, I don't know if, if you can relate to that, because back last year, I can say that now, in 2022, the American Psychological Association did a, a survey, and they said out of adults in the U.S., three-fourths of us we have complications, health issues, based on the level of stress in our lives. Sometimes it's, it's headaches and fatigue. Sometimes it's depression and, and, and sadness. For some of us, it, it's loneliness. And they really drilled down even, even further, and it said 34% of U.S. adults last year, they had overwhelming, constant, stressful situations every single day. If you really drill down on, on the numbers, we as Americans, we are one of the highest level of stress in the entire world. We as Americans, we are 20 points higher than the global average. So many of us, we struggle with stress. And if you're anything like me, so often in my life that stress will lead to fear. In, in my life, the stress, the things that compound in my life make me to be a place where I'm, I'm fearful. I'm fearful that I'm not going to get everything done. I'm fearful that I'm going to let somebody down. I'm going to be, I'm fearful that things aren't just going to go the way that I want them to go. See, every single year here at Riverside, I pray, God, give us 
a word for our Riverside Church family. What does that look like? Back in 2021, the Lord clearly gave me the word available. And for the next 12 months, we said we're going to be available wherever the Lord leads us as a church. We want to meet those needs. We want to minister to people wherever the opportunities lie. Last year, if you were here with us in 2022, you may remember that last year we were in the year of the wait. We were going to wait on God. And and some of you saw that in your families. You're still waiting on that baby that you're so desperate to have. I've I've talked to you before that part of our vision is we believe in prison ministry. We're going to start that. But last year, we were just in a waiting period. We were in a holding pattern. And, And this year, very early on, I started to pray as we get ready to step into 2023, Lord, what is, what's the word that you have for our church family? And in late September, early October, I clearly heard from the Lord and he said, Riverside in 2023, we are going to be fearless. We're going to be fearless as a church. We're going to be fearless in our relationships. We're going to be fearless moving forward in the direction and the destiny that God has for each and every one of us. So we're going to take the next four weeks Today I'm kicking off week one of a series that we're just calling Fearless. We're going to speak into some of the things that I've heard as a church family. God has put on my heart that we often deal with fear in our lives. And I love that the Lord so often does. I've talked about confirmation before that, man, you want to be sure that the Lord is moving you in the direction that you think he is. And and just this week, I, I got a beautiful email from an incredible young woman who's been a part of our church family for so often. And she said, you know, Pastor Michael, I, I love what Riverside is all about. I, I love the fact that, that we talk about real things in, in, in the church and you just kind of share what you're walking through. And it, it's beautiful because you need to know my story is that ever since I was in sixth grade, I, I, I battled with depression. I've had ongoing suicidal thoughts. I, I, I've allowed the fear to seep into my life. And, and she said, you know, when somebody comes up on this platform and they share what, what God is doing in their life or the freedom that they found in a relationship with Jesus Christ, it makes me know that I'm not alone. See, there are some of you today that over the course of the next four weeks, I want you to know that you're not alone. So many of us, we walk through fear. Fear can infiltrate any of us. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter the size of your bank account. It doesn't matter the home that you grew up in. Fear is no respecter of persons. Fear can attack us at any moment. See, I've I've grown up in the church for almost four and a half decades now. I've heard all the verses. I've sat in service after service, thousands of Sunday morning services. I've heard them all. And probably the verse over those 45 years that I've heard more than any other is the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm is is something I I was rooted in as a young boy. My nana, who's here today, she even had it up in her bathroom as we were growing up. Sometimes I was doing my business reading the 23rd Psalm, yo. I, I, I knew. That's too much, Michael. New year, same you, bro. But the 23rd Psalm, if, if you're new, and I love the fact that the beautiful thing about Riverside is we have people from all different backgrounds. 
And some of you are like me. You spent your entire life in church, but some of you, you're here for the very first time. This is all brand new to you. And if you're not familiar with the 23rd Psalm, I want to I share it with you, but I want to read it to you in the King James Version of the Bible. Because this is the way my Nana taught me. Uh, so, so I want you to hear this. Psalm 23, 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me. That's the Lord right there, yo. I wish we could say we planned that, but that was brilliant. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. See, I've heard that scripture so many times in my life, but sometimes with verses it's easier to memorize it than it is to live it. See, sometimes we think that this, this verse, it, it, it gives us hope. It, it renews our soul. But I think sometimes we forget that sometimes it says, I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, there are things in your life that you have to walk through. See, I got, a, I got a 15-year-old. His name's Liam. He's awesome. And, and when he was little, his favorite book that we probably read hundreds of times was called We're Going on a Bear Hunt. I don't know if you're familiar. If you're a parent, you need to get We're Going on a Bear Hunt and read it to your kids and your grandkids. But he loved it so, so much because there was, there was always this what we call onomatopoeia. There were these sounds in there. And, and he would love it when we got to the point where they had to walk through this tall, wavy grass. And his favorite, I can remember when he was three years old, he's like, swishy, swashy, swishy, swashy, dad. And then he gets, and then the family gets to this, this big opening of mud. And, and he's like, dad, let's say it together. He's like, squelch, squirch, squelch, squirch. But the refrain all throughout, we're going on a bear hunt. If you're not familiar with it, it says, can't go over it. Can't go under it. You've got to go through it. See, some of you in 2023, I wish I could tell you it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns. It ain't. There's going to be some things that you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You've got to go through it. See, and some of you, you've been through it. 2022, you're like, thank God it's over. I'm going to step into 2023 because your journey has been one of pain. It's been one of mistakes. It's been one of failure. And now the fear has started to set in. It's hard to even move forward. It's hard to even hear from God. It's hard, if you're honest, to even show up today because the fear has started to set in. See, today I want to I preach for just a few moments. <laughs> I want to preach to you in this first Sunday of 2023 that we as a church are going to be fearless despite our failures. We're going to be fearless despite our failures. See, so often we're scared to move into the future because of the mistakes of our past. I don't know about you, but when I look over my life, my family, my friends, the people that I do life with, I've often succumbed to what I call the ABCs of fear. See, the ABCs of fear I shared a couple of weeks ago that the A is that sometimes fear just attacks me out of nowhere. 
I can be having a, a great day and out of nowhere, there's an attack that the enemy throws against my life, against my mind, against my relationships, against my family, against this church. And the attack always leads to be to beating me down. See, when the enemy starts to attack me, he loves to tell me all the things I'm not. The enemy loves to tell me all the mistakes I've made. I don't know if you've been through this season when you've handed it over to God. You've, you've confessed your sins to him. You've moved forward in a right relationship, a new direction. But the enemy loves to come back and remind you of all the things that you've done over the last 13 years. He loves to beat you down, and the attack leads to the beating, and the beating leads to the crippling. See, fear loves to cripple us. The enemy loves to beat us down so much that we can't even move forward. We just want to stay where we are. We start to close the blinds. We turn off the phone. We cower under our covers. We put a pillow over our head because we can't even move forward anymore. See, if, if we're not careful, we will allow our past to paralyze our potential. See, even today, the enemy would love nothing more than to allow your past to paralyze the potential that God has for you. Some of you are here today and you're in a season of paralysis. There's a season where already you seem, I think this is just going to be a rehash of 2022 and a rehash of 2021. And oh my God, are we going to go back to 2020 because it's starting off just the same. See, we allow our past to paralyze our potential. See, there's some of you, God has already started to speak to you over the last few days, over the last few weeks. You're, you're moving forward. God has said 2023 is going to be your year. Your breakthrough, year of change, year of blessing. God has started to speak to some of you. And God has said, hey, I've opened the door for you to go back to college. Tuition free. I've opened the door. I've made all these things happen. But the enemy loves to keep us paralyzed by our past. The enemy loves to take us back to that freshman year when we fell into sexual sin, when I was in that abusive relationship, when, when I dropped out of school, and now I'm so paralyzed by my past that I can't move forward into the direction that God has for me. See, there's, there's some of you that God has spoken to you to start the nonprofit, to start the business, to start to move out of safety into the destiny that God has for you in this new year, but you keep going back to the failures of your past. The businesses that closed, the things that went under during the pandemic, the times when you couldn't keep your head above water. No, God has given you the vision. You keep getting paralyzed by your past. See, there's even some of us in here that over the last couple months, God has brought a new person into your life, potentially a new relationship, and you've gotten nervous about that. God, are you sure this is what it is? And, and the Lord has told you, he's given you confirmation after confirmation. This is a good man. This is an incredible woman of God. I brought this person, but some of us are so scared to move forward in that relationship because we remember the trauma of our past. 
We remember the abusive relationship that we were in. And so now it's so hard to allow to our heart to move forward. God, I don't know that that's, that that's the case. And so now I'm in a season of paralysis. See, today I want to talk to our church family. See, today I want to give you three steps to becoming fearless despite our failures. To all my note takers in the room, and I know some of y'all are here today, some of you are so excited for the first Sunday of 2023 because you bought a brand new journal for the very first time, yo. I see you. I see you. Let's go. And, and so today, here are three steps that I believe that God wants to speak to us, to move us, to be fearless despite our failures. Number one, it starts by diagnosing. It starts by diagnosing. It starts by diagnosing. It starts by asking, what occupies your thoughts? Can I ask you today, we have to ask ourselves, what does your mind meditate on? Where do you allow your mind and your thoughts to go? In 2020, there was a study done by Queen's University, a university in Canada, and they analyzed the number of thoughts that the average person thinks every single day. The average thoughts that come in your head every single day are 6,200 thoughts. What does that mean? If you break it down over 24 hours, some of the time we're not even awake, it breaks it down to 4.3 thoughts a minute. And it drills down even more, and it tells us that the bulk of those thoughts are negative. Can I tell you today, where your mind goes, your life will follow. Where you allow your mind to go, where you allow your thoughts to take you, your life will follow. See, what you dwell on, you will dwell in. If you, if you dwell on negativity, negativity, you will dwell in negativity. If you dwell on positive thinking, you will dwell in positive thinking. It's all about what we dwell on so we can dwell in. In. And today, I don't know who I'm talking to, but when we talk about diagnosing, I, I want to give you a diagnostic assessment. And to all my note takers in the room, I'm going to go through this really, really quick. So take out your phone, take a picture of the screen, leave some space in your journal. I don't have time for this because I already know an hour and eight minutes I'll preach on Christmas Eve. I'm trying to do better, yo. Let's go. So what are we going to do? Here's what I want you to do. As I read these off, I want you to see where your mind generally goes. Five-point diagnostic tool. Here's what I want you to see. Do I focus on the problem or on the potential? When things come your way, do you focus on what's right in front of you or do you focus on the potential that could come from that problem? Number two, do I forecast the bad or do I foresee the good? Does your mind always go, this is the worst that could possibly happen? Or do I foresee this is the best that could happen? No, the best truly is yet to come. Number three, do my words tend to be more negative or nice? When you're going through struggles, when you're going through storms, when you're in a really difficult season, what kind of words tend to come out of your mouth? Number four, do you worry more or do you worship more? Do I spend more time freaking out or do I spend more time giving it over to God and worshiping in the midst of my storm? Number five, do I cower in fear or do I cover in prayer? 
Do I cower in fear? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? God, where are you? Or do you say, God, I know exactly where you are. You're right there. I'm going to hand it over to you. I'm going to cast all my burdens upon you. See, because when you look at this, this is a diagnostic tool because if you tend to fall on the first side of those questions, you deal with fear. You deal with negative thinking. If you tend to fall on the, the second half of those questions, you're a positive thinker. You tend, to, you tend to excel in your faith. See, when I look at this, I, listen, I put this together. It's not just something I found on the internet. I, I, I put this diagnostic tool together. And, and can I be really honest with you? When I looked at that, so many times in my life, I'm the first part of the question rather than the second part of the question. So many times in, in my life, I will worry more than I worship. There's so many times in, in my life I will think the worst possible thing that could happen rather than thinking the best possible thing that could happen. See, I'm speaking to myself right now because when I, I look at those, my life has often been characterized by two things, failure and frustration. I don't know about you, but I've lived a life of failure time and time and time again. This message that I'm preaching week one of 2023, I'm preaching it to me. I, 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 I've lived this. I, I've, I'm working through some of this. And, and so often my failure has led to my frustration. I don't know. I, listen, nobody needs to tell me when I don't preach a good message. I don't need to know that. I don't need y'all to tell me. I don't need my wife to tell me. I don't need Pastor John to tell me. Why? How do I already know? Because I'm my own worst critic. And, and I think for so many of us, when there is failure in our life, it will often lead to frustration. You don't want to move forward. You want to just stay right where you are. And can I tell you, I love the fact that I'm trying to grow in this place. I'm trying to move on from my failures. I'm trying not to be fearful in moving on. I, I, I think, listen, sometimes I, you got to be around people. I'm going to go tell you, we're talking about community and connection this year. Can I tell you, in 2023, you've got to be connected with people. I love it because, I don't know, maybe you're better parents than I am, and I'm just going to say that. There are so many times that on Christmas morning, when my kids, especially when they were little, and they get lots of toys, lots of pieces you got to put together. You're like cussing, trying to take the toy out of the container. Not you. You're more Christian than I was, you know. And, and, and so I, I hate to admit this, but there were so many Christmases, like we would start to put something together and it just wouldn't fit properly. Have you ever had that? And you're like, you're trying to like shove it in and it's just not fit, fitting. I'm reading the directions in Chinese, but I still can't get it. And, and, and just on Christmas morning, my kids are getting older, and, 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 and my 15-year-old, he asked for these, like, hockey goals, and, and he and I were, like, putting them together. And the first one came together so beautifully. We're sitting in our living room. But the second one, you just couldn't quite get the net over the... And I love, Rachel was sitting there on the couch, and she says, I love the fact that the two of you are sitting here you're still working on it. You're not getting frustrated. You're not storming off. You're not throwing the thing. Because can I tell you what my normal MO on Christmas morning, I sound like the Grinch to some of you. I know. Work in progress. Because I will, I will say, this toy is stupid. We're sending it back. 
But can I tell you, this Christmas is a little bit different. When I get frustrated, I'm acting stupid, and let's just keep working on this. And can I tell you, we kept working, and, and, and my son said, hey, Dad, let me, let me try that out. And I was like, dude, I don't think you're going to get it. He's like, well, give it to me. Three seconds later, dude got it fixed. See, I think, that, listen, I think there's an illustration in there. When you get tired, when you get fatigued, when you get overcome with emotion, have somebody in your corner that you can hand stuff off to. Have connection, have community that you can hand those things off to. See, I need to let some people know because there are some of you that are like me and, and you get ready to throw the talent. You think things are stupid. You're, you're so overwhelmed. You're so frustrated because it's been failure after failure after failure. And you start, to, you start to be your own worst critic. And can I tell somebody today, you are stronger, you are smarter, and you are more well-equipped than you think you are. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do all things through Christ's strength. Keep going. God's got you. Rach and I over break, we had just, it was great just to, to be with my family for a little bit. For Rach and I, we just went and grabbed coffee a, a few times. We had meals together, and we were just talking about three years of carrying the leadership mantle of this church and, and, and what it looked like. And there's been so many things, but so many celebrations, so many great things that God has done. And, but if I'm really honest with you, I, I think one of the frustrations that I, I see with this generation of Christians this is just your pastor speaking. I hope you're going to love me after this. There are too many Christians that, that we live on our feelings. I, I, I don't know if you can relate. You're good when you're in this space right now. You're good when the worship music is playing. You're good when there's an altar call, but then you get out of this place and real life starts to come back. You go back to work on Monday or Tuesday, and the first thing that happens, the first snod comment, the first Karen that you see when you walk back to school, <laughs> we start to live on our feelings. We go on these highs and lows. Can I tell you, true mature followers of Jesus don't live and die on their feelings. True mature Christians are steady. Yeah, there's going to be things that are hard. Yeah, there's going to be storms that are going to come. Yeah, there's going to be times where people walk out on you, but I remain steady because I'm rooted in a relationship with Jesus. I'm rooted in God's words. See, can I tell some people today, when you live by your feelings, you will become fearful. When you live by your feelings, you will always become fearful. But when you live by your faith, you will become fearless. See, some of you, the shift this year has to change. I want to move from living by my feelings and to living by my faith. I want to move from being fearful to being fearless. I want to step into what God has for me. See, I love Paul's words. In Philippians 4.8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can I tell somebody today, meditation matters. What you meditate on matters. It will determine the trajectory of your life. Can I tell some people today, as you step into 2023, when a negative thought 
pops into your head, diagnose it according to the scripture in Philippians 4.8. When that negative thought pops in your head, go back to this and say, is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? If it's not, you let that thing go. See, can I tell you, being the pastor of this church is weird sometimes. Because I'm the pastor to a whole different groups of people. I got friends in here that they know me from 20 years ago as a teacher. They're some of my very best friends. And now I, I, I'm, I'm their pastors. There are people that Rachel and I have been in relationship with for so many years. We were in connect groups together. We just did life. And now I'm your pastors. But can I tell you, the weirdest part of this church family to be pastors to is my family. It's really like, I, I, I'm the pastor to my, my aunt and uncle, my aunt Jan. Like when she was 17 years old, she brought me as a baby from the UK and she flew me back home. See, she used to take care of me. And now in some ways, I'm trying to take care of her. My Nana is back there. My Nana, I know God's word because of my Nana. She used to, to speak verses. She used to read scripture over my life. And now I'm my, my Nana's pastor. But you know the weirdest thing is I'm my mom's pastor. Like, I love my mom. She's sitting back there. She hates when I say my mom because she knows, oh, great, where are we going to go with this? But it, it, I love my mom so, so much because, as I said before, she was the one that got me into church. Every single Sunday morning, every single Wednesday night, every single youth group activity. And, and it's weird because now I, I'm her pastor. And, and just very recently, you know, I, I know my mom so well that uh, not too long ago, I, I, I can tell what she's thinking just by looking at her. And she's the same with me. She knows what kind of day I'm having. And, and I saw her and I said, come here. And, and she started to speak what was on, on, on her mind right now. And, and in that moment, I said, Mom, what you're thinking right now isn't true. What you're saying right now isn't honorable. What you're dwelling on, what you're fixing on right now, the enemy isn't trying to take you down the right path. He's actually trying to take you down the wrong path. You need to remember to fix your mind on what it says, what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. And I wish I could tell you in that moment, she completely came back around. But she sat on that. And about an hour or so later, she said, I'm good. That's what I needed to hear in that moment. It's not an easy conversation because you need to know I'm going to get into the weeds. Because on, on both on my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family, I know people don't want to admit this, but both of my sides can tend to go down negative paths. Negative thinking, negative words, what we speak becomes our life. And, and, and I'll tell you, if I'm not connected and fixed to the Holy Spirit, if I'm not connected to the vine that is Jesus Christ, it's so easy for me to go down a negative path. If you're not led by the Holy Spirit, it's easy. And I'm so grateful that there's a godly woman named Rachel Richardson that when I start to go down that path, she's like, ah, ah. She did it the other night. We were out to dinner, the two of us and our youngest, our Ben. And I started to say something. And she's like, nope, we ain't going to do that. 
That's negative thinking. That's negative talk. We're not going to allow ourselves to go down that. See, some of you, if you're not careful, you will start to move in the direction, not only the good things of your family of origin, you will start to move into the negative things of your family of origin. See, for some of us, there's a generational curse that's over our lives and our families. And unless you're careful, you will start to fall down that same rabbit hole. You will start to go down that same path. It's only through the help of the Holy Spirit. God, break these chains. Help me find freedom for my family that I can move forward. See, I need to tell somebody today, don't allow your family's history to determine your family's destiny. Just because your mom was an addict doesn't mean you have to be an addict. Just because your dad cheated on his spouse, it doesn't mean you're going to have to cheat on your spouse. Just because that marriage ended doesn't mean your marriage is going to end. It's what I pray time and time and time again. See, just because you were born in it doesn't mean you have to stay in it. God has a different plan, a different purpose for your family. See, I can't change how it was dealt with in the past, but I can change how it's going to be dealt with in the future. I'm going to move forward, being rooted, being connected, allowing my thoughts to be fixed on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is lovely, what is pure, and what is admirable. I'm going to start moving forward in the destiny that God has for me and my marriage, for me and my family. Jesus Christ, I cannot do it without you. See, I shared a few weeks ago, there are certain passages in my Bible that I've constantly gone back to season after, after season. And I shared with you a couple weeks ago, you got to find out what those passages are. You got to hold tight to them. You got to memorize them. You got to underline. You got to put a sticky note. You got to write them on your arm. You got to put them on, on a refrigerator. Whatever you do, you've got to make sure that you keep going back to those. One of mine, and maybe this is, some of you are going to take this, and I hope so. I, I love Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. See, some of you have been settling for partial peace rather than perfect peace. As you step into 2023 for my family, for my relationships, for this church, I don't want there just to be partial peace. I want there to be perfect peace, overwhelming peace over my life, in my mind, time and time again. How do we do that? Isaiah tells us right here. It comes from trusting in God and fixing our thoughts on him. Simply put, how do we remain fearless despite our failures? Number one, it starts by diagnosing. But secondly, it starts by devoting. Devoting, what do we mean by that? It's giving ourselves over wholeheartedly to be more like Jesus. Can I tell some people, sometimes we play church, we put this Christian label on ourselves. And, and if I'm really honest with some of you, you know a lot of about Jesus, but you don't actually know Jesus. Be really, really careful because there's a, dis, there's, a, there's a distinct difference between you can have a lot of head knowledge about Jesus, but not a lot of heart knowledge about Jesus. He isn't the Lord of your life. See, over the last month, my, my family hates because I'm really hard to buy for for Christmas. 
Because when I want something, I'm at the age where I'm just going to go buy it. And my family, my mom, Rach, my kids, they get so mad at me. Christmas is coming in 10 days. We could have bought that for you. I'm like, yeah, but I could buy it for me as well, yo. And one of the things I bought right before, right before Christmas was um, uh, the autobiography of a guy named Bono, the lead singer of U2. It's about 600 pages long. And, and man, I, I just devoured it in like, in like a week. It talks about, you know, his childhood growing up in, in Ireland, the beginning of the band, their rejection from record labels. It goes on to talk about Bono's philanthropic, man, just what he does all, all around the world. And man, I, I read that. I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't put it down. See, I could tell you today that I know, a, I know a lot about Bono, but I don't actually know Bono. I don't actually know him personally. See, I think a lot of us, we read the book and we start to know a lot about Jesus, but we don't actually know Jesus personally. We got to invite him in. As we step into 23, 2023, here's what I want. I want you to have a deep, devoted relationship with Jesus that you just don't know a lot about him, but that you actually know him. See, how do I do that? It's through devoting part of your day just to spend time with him. That's what it's all about. See, I want to give you two things about devoting. Devoting, number one, is a practice. It's something we just have to do continually time and time again. Tomorrow, we're starting off 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's running from January 2nd to January 22nd. And and I'm telling you, this is the fourth year in a row that we've done it. And and I don't know, as long as I'm the lead pastor this year, I don't know that we're ever not going to do it because I see transformation. I see life change that happens in the first 21 days of the new year. And what do we mean when we're talking about devoting it, it is a practice? Well, over the last few weeks, we have distributed these fearless, what I call devos. And, and they're to help you get devoted to Jesus right from the jump right from the very beginning of the new year. And if you're here in our physical location, you didn't get one, man, get one in the lobby before you leave. We start tomorrow. If you're watching as part of our online community, we haven't forgotten about you. We actually have a digital copy of this available. Go to riversidepeoria.com slash 21 days. You can download your own. You can start with us tomorrow. And, and I love it because, like I said earlier, there are some of you that are like, I know how to use a devotional. I've done it before, but some of you are brand new. This is the first time we've ever put something like this in your hands. And, and there are people I was just talking to today. They're like, Explain how I even use this. And I said, it's really, really simple. Tomorrow, on day one, you're stuck with me again tomorrow because I wrote the first one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But basically what we've done is for 21 days, we've, we've had 21 leaders of our church family that has just written some encouragement around this whole idea of being fearless as we step into the new year. And so what does devoting ourselves to Jesus look like? Number one, at the very top, there's gonna be a chapter that you're gonna read every single day. Just a few verses to kind of get you going in the morning. I'm going to say it again. If you do not have a Bible and you're here today, stop in the lobby at the Riverside Resource Wall. We're going to put a Bible in your hand. We're going to make it easy for you. I believe, see, listen, I'm going to put the right Bible in your hand because I want you to be with us from the jump tomorrow. So after I read, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read whatever the devotional is for, for that particular day. Tomorrow you're going to be in Deuteronomy. I wrote a little bit about Joshua. I love Joshua. One of my favorite guys in the whole Old Testament. And then when I'm done when I'm done reading, what am I going to do? I'm just going to spend time in prayer. 
See, I think sometimes if you're new to the faith, we overthink what prayer is. Prayer every single day is just coming to God. It's coming from a posture of gratitude. It's coming from a posture of thankfulness. God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for allowing me to wake up another day. It's, a, it's confession every single day. I'm your pastor. And can I tell you, I spent a lot of time in my prayers confessing God how I screwed up the day before. God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for what I've said. I'm sorry for the negative thinking that I allowed to just direct my life yesterday. And then it comes from a place of just, we call it petition. It's now, hey God, I'm walking through this right now and I'm fearful of what's going on in my life right now. I'm gonna hand that over to you. That's all that prayer is. Can I tell you, we're a church that we believe that prayer changes things. We saw it last year. We had bad prayers, bold, audacious, daring prayers. That's one of our values here at Riverside. We believe that God can do incredible things if we just partner with him, if we just devote ourselves to him. See, Jesus himself talks about the importance of prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. If you go to Matthew, early on in Jesus' ministry, he starts to talk about prayer. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. It says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Did you catch the importance three times? Jesus doesn't say, if you pray. He says, when you pray. See, I need some of you to get this today. Prayer is a privilege. Every single time I spend time in prayer, I'm blown away that the God of the universe knows my name. That the God of the universe wants an intimate, personal relationship with me. That he hears my cries. That he's not a God that's just out in outer space. He's intently right there with me, listening to me every single step of the way. See, can I tell you, devoting is a practice. But secondly, devoting is a process. It's a process. Can I tell some of you, can I give some of you just, uh, I'll let you sit back and relax for just a minute. There are very few of us who will get through all 21 days without issues. There will be things that happen in your life. There will be things that come against you. There will be frustrations. There will be things where a, a child gets sick. There will be times that you get sick. There's a flat tire. There'll be times that you oversleep. Can I tell you, one of the biggest things that I see, one of the biggest hurdles to devotion is distraction. I often say if the enemy can distract you, he can destroy you. Can I tell you where I think the biggest distraction in 2023 comes from? It comes from our phones. I, I, just, want to give, I, I just want to give you some insight because I'm speaking from experience. I'm not here to throw stones at anybody because I fall into this all the time. There's a study that I read a couple months ago, and it said that 71% of us get on our phones within 10 minutes of waking up. Guilty as charged. It's one of the first things I look at when I get up. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I usually just am very innocent with it. I'm just going to check and see what people are up to. 
I'm just going to check on my notification. I'm going to see if there's any emails waiting for me. But before, I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to go do my quiet time. But I don't know if you've ever been like me, that, man, you, you, you get on your phone, and, and, and those five minutes turn into 15 minutes, and then those 15 minutes turn into 30 minutes, and those 30 minutes turn into 60 minutes, and before you know it, you have no time for your quiet time? Anybody? That's been me time and time again. On the good days, on the good days, maybe it's a little bit better. See, you continue to read that study, and it goes on to say that 70% of us, that 70% of us will open a notification within the first five minutes. We can't allow notifications to be on there. And so maybe, this just me, I show up to my quiet time, I sit down with my Bible, I sit down with my devotional, my phone will be there, and, and a notification will go down. I'm reading through God's Word, and I just got to check on it. I just got to see what's going on. Some of y'all just text me right now, you little jerks. I'm not answering that. Jamal, I'll answer your snap later, bro. I'll answer it later. But you see, so many of us, we can be well-intentioned, and before you know it, now we're distracted. We're distracted. Can I tell you what I've had to do? Because I have no willpower whatsoever when it comes to my phone. Is I have to go put my phone totally in a different room. When my quiet time comes up, I can't be around it. If some of y'all need me, call Rach. If it's an emergency, call Pastor John. I, I, I just need that. Because for so many of us, they tell us on average, we pick up our phones 344 times a day. That's about once every four minutes. I'm the worst. I'm so bad. Do you remember uh, a week and a half ago, we had that, that first storm, and like, we got like two inches, calm down, people. <laughs> and they're like, stay inside. Don't go anywhere. I'm such a rule breaker, yo, that I, I, they, I, we were watching the news, and, and, and I said to Rachel, I was like, hey, you want to go to see a movie? <laughs> She's like, we're not supposed to be out on the road. I'm like, it ain't that bad. So we got in the car. We drove. What movie did we see? The greatest movie of all time. I want to dance with somebody, Whitney Houston. Some of y'all don't know. You're too saved. It's okay. And it was really good. We got, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but we got in there. Ain't nobody else in the movie theater. Why? Because they were listening to those meteorologists that went to school for seven years that told you to stay. And, and listen, I totally disregard because I know they tell you, put your phones away. Nicole Kidman comes out and she goes, enjoy the movie or whatever. I don't ever listen to her. Because legit, I'm like on my phone. Anytime there's a notification, I got to see what's going on. And usually it's nothing. There's like a sale on Jersey. I got this on sale. I didn't pay full price, yo. <laughs> 23, Jordan year. Let's go, 2023. Let's give it up for Michael Jordan, Okay. He needs more money. He's going through it right now. <laughs> but see, distraction is one of the, the biggest things in, in our lives. See, Rach said, hey, what about that part in the movie? And I'm like, that wasn't even in the movie. And she's like, you were on your phone. Like, you missed it. <laughs> see, my life, I don't know, like you, is, it's one of distraction. See, can I tell you today, sometime today, I want you to plan out your quiet time. And some of y'all that are more spiritual than I am, you're like, I just go where the Spirit leads me. <laughs> God bless you. 
But for me who gets distracted, I have to lay it out. See, I want to tell some people in here, this year, this year will either happen by design or by default. You got to decide from today, do I want a year that's going by design or a year that's just moving forward by default? I guess I'm going to fall into it. See, what does it look like when I say you need to figure out your quiet time? What does that look like? I want to give you three things really practical. If you know you got that spot, I'm glad. But for some of you, you got to figure out today, what's my schedule going to be over the next 21 days? When are you going to spend time in God's word? For me, it's early every single morning. That works out the best for me. I'm an early riser. And I can tell you as your pastor, I will say sometimes I'm just going to sleep in and I'm going to do it later in the day. It never happens. I'm your pastor. I'm just going to admit that right now. If I don't get up and I don't go at my normal schedule, it never will happen. So I got to figure out my schedule. What works out the best so you can be distraction free? Don't try to do it when your kids are up. Have you ever tried to have a quiet time when your kids are around? I love my daughter. She's 17 years old. I got to have my quiet time done before she gets up. She makes the most noise getting ice out of the ice maker at 6.30 a.m. I got to be done. Some of you are like, you're not very nice to your daughter. She ain't very nice to my quiet time, yo. I got a number one. You got to figure out your schedule. Number two, you got to figure out your spot. What is your distraction-free spot that you're going to go to? See, some of you, you love to to sit by the window, overlook in your backyard, wherever you are. Can I tell you? Because you love to look at nature. You love to look at God's creation. I can't. Because when I sit by the window, I'm so distracted. I look at the cars that are driving by. I'm looking at the dude that has more perseverance than I do that's jogging at like 5.30 a.m. wearing like the thing on his head, yo. (laughs) I overlook our front yard and I see all of our dog's poop that Rach just thought, hey, I'm not going to pick this up because when it snows, it's just going to seep into the ground. (laughs) Babe, that's not accurate. So now instead of spending time in Malachi, I'm looking at all the turds I'm going to have to pick up afterwards. (laughs) Cursing my wife, yo. Some of y'all are here for the first time. You're never coming back. That's not about church. It's what they feel like. (laughs) So you got to figure out your schedule. You got to figure out your spot. And then third and finally, you got to figure out your scripture. What do I mean by that? You've got to figure out, I'm going to say it again, what translation works the best for you? I had a, a friend that texted me just the other day, hey, I want to, I want to get a Bible. What should, I, what should I get? What should it look like? You've got to figure out a translation that works best for you. I, I read Psalm 23 from the King James Version of the Bible. For me personally, if I started to read the Bible every single day in the King James Version of the Bible, I'm going to stop really, really quick. Because there's words, and do you notice all the words end in F? I'm going to walketh around my block. I'm going to washeth my clothes. I'm going to bring it back, yo. But for me, I need to have something that, that I can understand. I, 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 believe, I believe your quiet time shouldn't be endured. It should be enjoyed. 
It should be a time where you open up your heart so you can clearly hear from God. And see, when you start to get in God's word over the next few days, when you start to get in, in your devotion, I want to tell somebody in here, growth is gradual. Some of you are going to get to day three and you're going to say, I don't feel really any different. God hasn't answered my prayer yet. Growth is gradual. Just like you would never show up to the gym today and expect to drop the weight, feel healthier, have muscles the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the 80s. Growth is gradual. It's going to happen over time. Don't get frustrated. Continue to commit. See, devoting, what do we say? Devoting is a process. Can I tell you, there's going to be slip-ups along the way. There is going to be time where you're going to oversleep. There's going to be time where you get locked into distractions on your phone. When you look at our devotional, we did it intentionally. We didn't put dates on there. So if you miss January 2nd, guess what? You can read it on January 3rd. You can double up days. Maybe you miss three days. It's okay. Maybe you won't finish this until February sometime. It's not about staying on task with us. It's just keep going. Keep walking through it. Keep going. I believe the change is going to happen. Listen, as Jesus continues on, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Praise God. Thank you for the seven of you. Because people hate when I read this passage. Because people say to me, I'm not going to fast. I'll pray. I'll read God's word. I'll even be in that devotional, a devo, if that's what you want to call it. Calm down, Pastor Michael. I'm going to do all this stuff, but I'm not going to fast. And anytime somebody tells me that, can I always say, I always go back to Matthew chapter 6. You're not going to fast, but... Jesus says, when you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast. Can I tell you again, we cannot just pick and choose parts of the Gospels. Just not the parts that we like and we get rid of everything else. Can I tell you, if Jesus commands it, I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to do what you ask of Jesus. I'm going to do. See, today when you walked in, you were given a handout that looks like this. It's the different types of fasts that you can do. There's others. These are just kind of the things that, man, you can start. These are some things you can be praying about between now and tomorrow. Listen, I need to tell you, my family, my family hates when we fast. My kids, they want to go to another church for 21 days of prayer and fasting. <laughs> They're like, can we move our membership over to that church? Because Rach and I, we do a Daniel fast every single year. And can I tell you, it's hard. This is my last day of drinking coffee for 21 freaking days. Your boys go struggle. Today after lunch, I'm not going to tell you where we're going for lunch because y'all will show up. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to eat good. 
We may even go out to eat for lunch and dinner. I don't know. I'm going to throw it down. I'm staying up till midnight. So when it starts, Michael, move on. You're stupid. But for some of you, you may, you may do the Daniel fast. It's fruits, veggies, waters, juices. For some of you, it may be a one-a-day fast. You give up one meal. For some of you, it may be what we call a soul fast. I know people that are, are giving up social media for three weeks. I know some people that are giving up TV and, and, and video games for three weeks because it occupies so much of their time. And what are they going to do with that time? They're going to say, I'm going to be more intentional about spending time with the Lord. I'm going to get rid of those distractions so I can clearly hear from God's voice. There may be some of you that do a complete fast, just like you see in, in, in the Bible. Can I tell you, some of you read those things right now, and the Lord is already dropping something on your heart. And, and some of you are right now saying, I could never give up blank. If you're saying that right now, can I tell you, maybe that's the Holy Spirit telling you that's what you should be giving up. That's what you should be giving up as you step into this. See, because I need to ask you, are, are you making space or are you making excuses? See, when you start to fast, when you start to, to give up other things, it's making space so you can clearly hear from God. See, when you fast, you will get out of it what you put into it. I always tell people, somebody came up to me last year and they said, you know what? I, I remember you said I'm, uh, you could do a one-a-day fast. And so they said, I'm, I'm giving up breakfast every single day. And I was like, oh, that's so good. And in the next conversation, I go, so what have you been doing today? Ah, slept until noon. I went to the gym. You haven't given up breakfast. You just skipped it already. <laughs> Don't do something that you're already naturally doing. Don't say, I'm going to give up coffee if you're not addicted to coffee. <laughs> You'll get out of it what you put into it, yo. Two things I need to tell you. Two things about fasting. Fasting is not a diet. You may lose weight. You may become healthier, but if your reason for doing it is to lose weight, you're doing with all the wrong motivations. And second thing, did you hear what Jesus said in here? Fasting isn't to get other people's attention. See what Jesus said? Watch your face. Comb your hair. Jesus said, you don't have to post it on Instagram every single day. You eating your quinoa. God bless you. Carrots again, day 17. Who cares? It's not to get other people's attention. It's for God to get your attention. So many times people, when they hear me talk, they say, Michael, how do you hear from God? Putting together messages or the word for 2023, fearless. And... And people will say to me, I don't hear from God. And I'll listen to them, but my challenge to them so often is, it's not that God isn't speaking, it's that you're not listening. We don't like to hallelujah to that. We don't like to clap to that because it steps on our toes. It's not that God isn't speaking to us, it's so often that we're not listening. This week I went back in and I read Letty's favorite verse in Psalm chapter 46. Letty and I were on good terms. I know three weeks ago I said something on this platform when you were at the beach, right? I'm not going to say it again. 
but we had a good Christmas together. You still gave me my 40 bucks. We're cool, right? Yeah, that's good. It was, I know some of y'all were nervous. I'm not going to say it. Go back and watch three weeks ago, Baptism Sunday. Funny, I love you, Letty. But this is Letty's favorite verse in the entire Bible, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. See, a lack of stillness will always lead to a lack of steadiness. Let me say that again. A lack of stillness before God will always lead to a lack of steadiness. If you aren't still to hear from the voice of God, your life this year will be so unsteady. New year, new me. Nah. New year, same you. Still unsteady. Still moving, living on your feelings. You keep getting washed away with everything that comes against you. You've got to be still and hear the voice of God. See, as a church family, we're going to devote ourselves to Jesus this year. See, fear leads to trembling, but faith, faith leads to trusting. Fear leads to trembling, everything that comes against us. But I still have faith, and it always leads me to a place of trusting in God. See, 21 days of of prayer and fasting, Jesus tells us it's not optional, it's essential. See, you need to know today that your devotion will lead to your development. See, I want to get to the end of 2023 better than I am today. But how's that going to happen? It's when I'm devoted to God and he starts to do the development in my life that only he can do. I want to get to the end of 2023 and look back on what God has done. See, if you commit, if you're devoted to these 21 days of prayer and fasting, I believe you're going to start to see a shift in your life. How do I know? Because I've seen it. The last three years, I've seen God do miraculous things, first of all, in my life. He's removed bitterness in my life. He's reconciled relationships in my life. He's freed me of things in my mind. He's given me a peace that now, as hard as fasting is for me, I cannot wait till tomorrow morning as I can start diving in to God's word, as I can give up stuff so I can clearly hear from God. See, I've seen it in the life of our church family. I've seen marriages restored in 21 days. I've seen relationships formed. I've seen children come back home. I've seen healings take place in 21 days. Don't tell me God can't do it. But it all comes down to our commitment. It all comes down to our devotion. And see, if you commit in these 21 days, I believe God's going to do something, and we want to know about it. When God starts to move, I want you to share your story with us. If you go to riversidepeoria.com slash 21 days, you scroll to the bottom, there's a spot that says, share your story. When God starts to move, when you see a shift in your thinking, when you see a shift in your spirit, when you see a shift in your life, in your family, in your finances, we want to know about it so we can celebrate alongside of you. My time is going. I know it's almost noon. I know there's a football game. I'm going to land this plane in 16 minutes, Joe. See, how do we remain fearless despite our failures? It's by diagnosing. Number two, it's about devoting. And third and finally, it's by declaring. It's by declaring. 
See, I sit with, with people all the time and that are in seasons where they're overwhelmed, seasons that they're fearful, and, and they'll say to me, I, I, I don't know, Michael, I can't quite understand why I'm so fearful, why I'm so anxious. Can I tell you, fear is in our DNA. You only need to go to the story of creation, the beginning of the world, that creation story on, on day six, God created man and woman and and God said to them, you can eat a, any tree except that tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil. And Satan was already hard at work back at the beginning of creation where he slithers up to Eve and says, did God really say that to you? He was lying to us all the way back then. And God doesn't want you to eat it because he knows that you'll become as powerful as him. And Eve takes the fruit and she hands it off, off to Adam, and they both sin. That's where sin enters the picture for the very first time. And, and listen to how this all goes down in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking around in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. See, we are, each and every one of us, we're, we're born with a sin nature, but we're also born with a shame nature. See, there are so many of us in this space today it's hard for us to be fearless despite our failures because our past has been one of shame. When you look back over your life, the seasons that you've come in and out of, there's so much guilt from what you've done in the past. You're looking forward to 2023, hoping that things will start to shift and things will start to change because you're so overwhelmed with the guilt of your past. And guilt, just like Adam and Eve, guilt will often take us into hiding. Guilt will often put us in a place where we don't want anybody to see us because we're riddled by our shame. And I go into hiding thinking, if I could just hide, nobody will know. I can just let it pass. But unless we deal with it, we will continue to take that shame with us into the future. Amen. See, our guilt takes us into hiding. And the repercussions of hiding is always isolation. The devil loves to take us into isolation, to get us by ourselves, to get us to feel that nobody's ever dealt with what I'm dealing with. Nobody has ever committed the sins that I've committed. Nobody's ever dealt with this. But can I tell you, just like my friend that sent the email, can I tell you, you are not alone. God has a plan and a purpose, 
and He wants to move you from the place of shame because isolation, that's the devil's playground. That's where He wants to keep you. That's the spot where we start to now be in a place of anxiety and our anxiety leads to depression and our depression starts to lead us into suicidal thoughts. And some of you, if we're really, really honest, you wanted to write yourself out of the story because you're going in just expecting that 2023 is just going to be as difficult as 2022. But on January 1 today, you need to know that this is a new start. I believe that even over the next four weeks, you're going to find total freedom in a man named Jesus. And the things that are weighing you down, God wants to free. God wants to release those chains that have held you down so you can step into 2023 completely fearless, available wherever God wants to take you. See, some of you today, I need you to understand you've gotten into trouble, so you start to believe that you are trouble. I made a mistake, so I am a mistake. Can I tell somebody today, just because you failed doesn't make you a failure. Proverbs 24 says, the righteous fall down seven times, but they get back up. Some of you, you need to get back up, dust yourself off, and start walking into the destiny and the purpose that God has for your life this year. If you've given your life to Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come. I take off the shame. I take off the depression. I take off the anxiety. I take off the fear, and I walk in the direction and the purpose purpose that you have for me this year. See, today, there's a man that you're going to read about in the next 21 days. His name's David. So often, I've compared my life to David and looked at how often I, I've fallen short, how often I've failed. See, David was called a man after God's own heart. But when you really read about David, he wasn't perfect. He fell into it. He had his own mistakes. He had his own failures. He had an affair. He had the woman's husband killed. If you read about in First Chronicles, David even starts a census of the Israelite people. And God said, I had nothing to do with that. I didn't tell you to do that. And there were repercussions from God himself. See, when you read about David, there were times that that man was fearful. There were times that he was overwhelmed. There's, there's times when I read about David and you can insert the name Michael because he's feeling some of the same emotions, the same feelings that I'm feeling. But I'm so grateful that I no longer live on my feelings. I live on my faith. See, that's who David was. Yeah, he sat in his feelings for a moment, but he had faith in God. When you read about David, he was comforted. He was forgiven. 
He was restored. He was a man who in so many seasons, he was devastated with what life was feeling like. But you need to know as you continue to read King David's story, his, his devastation led to his declaration. And all throughout the book of Psalms, you see David looking back on what God had done in his life. And I got to go through this really quickly. Luke chapter 3, this is David speaking. I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble when evil people come to devour me? When my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. Psalm 34, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Psalm 56, and when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? Psalm 118, in my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. See, David, he looked back on what God had done in his life. See, his appreciation of what God done, had done led to his declaration. God, I'm going to trust you because I know there's another storm coming. I know there's something coming in 2023 that's going to try to take me out. But God, if you did in the past, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to declare your goodness as I step into the first day of 2023. My appreciation is going to lead me to my expectation of what you're going to do again. See, I think so many times I get fired up sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm excited for what I believe God is going to do in this church over the next 52 weeks. I don't know what it's going to be, but I think the fact that God is priming some of you like never before. There are so many conversations that I've had with people that have never been a part of a community, that have never been a part of a church. I've never read my Bible before. I don't have this ongoing prayer relationship with Jesus. It's, I throw up a prayer when I'm going through really hard times, but I'm not talking to people who are just here visiting on vacation. You're just kind of checking us out because it's what you should do the beginning of the year. I'm talking to my Riverside family. I believe that those of you who call Riverside home, that when you start to make God a priority in these first 21 days, you're going to see the Lord start to shift things. The Lord's going to start to speak to you. The Lord's going to remove things in your life. The Lord's going to give you a, a, a passion for this house. He's going to give you a passion for people. He's going to give you a passion for God's word like never before. And you're just going to be overflowing with God's spirit. I just can't stop talking about it. Pastor Michael, it's just like you're passionate on a Sunday morning. I'm passionate at my school. I'm passionate at my workplace. I'm passionate in my neighborhood. I just can't stop talking about what God 
God is doing in my life. See, I think one of the greatest things we've done as a church family over the last 22 years is that in 2022, we read through the entire Bible together as a church family. And some of y'all, you fell off track, and I love the fact that started back up. My friend Gio, Gio in the Dodgers hat back here. Gio, we were like, I married him and his incredible wife, Cammie, back in November, and you know, Gio said while we were away, he's like, yeah, I brought my, my, my Bible to read. I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be so good. And he's like, yep, I'm all the way back in June. I was like, bro, you brought your Bible and you're, you're still doing it. You're going to keep going. See, you, you may have fallen down. You may have fallen off. But again, can I tell you Proverbs 24, the righteous, they get back up. They keep going. You keep moving in the direction that God has for you. And, you know, I, I've been reading these last few weeks as I've been trying to finish up God's word. I got three minutes, football people. And, and there's just one verse that has just stuck with me over the last few weeks. And a lot of times at the end of service, I get loud. I get passionate. I get excited, but As I was just spending time with the Lord over the last couple of days, he said, I just, I just want you to speak this softly over our church family. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want my voice to be a distraction. I don't want anybody else to be a distraction. Zephaniah 317. For the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness, with his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. See, I don't, I don't know if you caught it, but I got just a few more things I want you to write down because I want, I want our church family to really allow this to just sink in. It's one little verse that we can so easily pass over. But can I tell you, it's so chock full of God's promises. One verse, six promises. I want you to get this today. He's not distant, but he's devoted to you. Amen. It says, for the Lord your God is living among you. He's not some far off guy in the cosmos. It says he's living among you. He's not just some distant God. He's not just some dead God. Can I tell you, he's devoted to you. He's a devoted God to you. See, the God that I know, secondly, he's not wimpy. He's a warrior. See, there are some of you, you started to believe that, that God can't do it that the prayer is too big, the chasm is too great, but it says here, he's a mighty savior. He can do more than you can ever even imagine if you just continue to put your faith and trust in him. Third, what does he say? He's not disappointed in you, he delights in you. It says, he will take delight in you with gladness. Some of you have started to believe the lie of the enemy that you're too far gone. 
God's disappointed in you. You've gone too far down a path that's so far off. Can I tell you, the incredible story of Jesus Christ is one of grace, which is one of mercy. It's one of second, third, fourth. Can I tell you, I'm a 717th chance that God's devoted to you time and time again. Fourth promise, he wants to replace your lack with his love. With his love. Can I tell you, you can't do it on your own. You will always continue to fall short because you lack on your own. But with God, he says, I come and I fill you to overflow. I come and I pour my love over you. And all the sins of your past, when you confess to me, they just start to wash away. They start to fall out. They're no longer there because I've relayed. I put my, my love over your lack. Keep going. Number five what today is what this series is all about. He wants to move us from being fearful to being fearless. Did you catch this? He will calm all your fears. See, I need you to get that today. Not he will calm a fear. He will call, calm some fears. He will calm all your fears. See, what's the thing you're holding on that I need to give over to God today? I need you to calm all my fears. And if we're honest, there's some of us today, we got lots of fears. It's all encompassing in our lives. But take the reminder from the Old Testament, he will calm all your fears. Finally, I need you to get this. I believe this is a word for somebody today. He's not rejecting you He's rejoicing over you. It says he will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I know people in your life have rejected you. I know people have walked out on you. I know there are people who say, you're not enough. You're too far gone. The weight of what you're dealing with is too much. I just got to pull away. That ain't God. People may reject you. God never will. He says, I want to rejoice over you. I want to sing a new song over you today as you step into a brand new year. New year, new you, same God. You need to start believing that. New year, new you, same God. Never going to leave you never going to reject you. I'm going to rejoice over you. I want to calm all your fears. And today, right from where you're sitting, if you're saying, Michael, if I'm really honest, there have been fears that have held me back. I've been fearful because of my past, because of my mistakes, because of my failure. But today, I'm making a commitment that I'm going to attach to the vision of Riverside Community Church this year, and I'm going to be fearful, not fearful moving forward. I'm going to be fearless. See, there's so many of us that you sit in a word like this, and I'm all in, and the enemy loves to try to yank it away from you. That's why you got to be devoted to God's word. I'm no longer going to allow my life and my mind to be fearful. But in 2023, 
I'm going to be fearless. If that's you today, I want you to stand right where you are. I'm going to be fearless in 2023. I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what's coming in the days, the weeks, to months to come, but I'm going to trust that my God who's with me every single step of the way, that there are promises of God over my life. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to remain. I'm going to continue to be attached to God time and time and time again. So I'm going to pray over us in just a moment, and the team is just going to, is going to sing a song over you. It's one of my favorite songs over the last 12 months. If you look at my, my Spotify wrapped, this is in my top five and you're not going to be surprised. It's a song from Riverside Worship that we wrote here in this house called Someone, Psalm 119. And it's just a beautiful song that just ministers to me over and over and over again. And I know some of you got to go. There's a game. You got to pick up your kids. You got to get to Cracker Barrel. We ain't going to Cracker Barrel. Don't look for us there today. <laughs> and I understand if you need to go, but I'm just going to pray. And I just want, if you can, just stand here and allow the team to sing this song over you. I believe this is a moment. I believe this is a morning where we're going to come back to Something started to shift. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, as I get into God's word, the Lord starts to do something. Change is gradual. But I believe 21 days, when we come back, the last day on January 22nd, the last week of this series, I believe some of you are going to have things to share. I believe we're going to end that fast. We're going to end 21 days of prayer and fasting. Man, just celebrating, just rejoicing, just declaring what God has done. So will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you that you're the God of the past, but you're also the God of our present. You're the God of our future. And just like you spoke to Zechariah and, and Isaiah and David in the Old Testament, just like you told that gathering back on the Sermon of the Mount, God, you still desire an intimate relationship with us. And Lord, I believe that right now people are finding freedom in you, that you're removing the fears, that you're removing the anxiety, that you're removing the thoughts, the negativity that so often cloud our minds, God, so we can step into 2023 and we're going to be fearless into what you're calling, that you're raising up an army that no matter what comes our way, we're not going to cower in fear, but we're going to keep moving in the direction, knowing that you go ahead of us, that you go with us, that the greatest days of our family and our marriages and our relationships and this city and this church. The best is yet to come by the power of your Holy Spirit. We speak that. We believe it, God. And I pray that you come alongside my church family today. I'm so grateful for them. As we start this journey tomorrow, Lord, I believe you're going to move. I believe you're going to speak. Are we going there with expectation, anticipation of what you're going to do next? And we rest in you, in Jesus' name, amen.